The Lord be with you. A reading from the beginning of the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham became the father of Isaac, Isaac the father of Jacob, Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers. Judah became the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar. Perez became the father of Hezron, Hezron the father of Ram, Ram the father of Amnibab. Amnibab became the father of Nashon, Nashon the father of Salmon, Salmon the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Boaz became the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Obed became the father of Jesse, Jesse the father of David the king. David became the father of Solomon, whose mother had been the wife of Uriah. Solomon became the father of Rehoboam, Rehoboam the father of Abijah, Abijah the father of Asaph. Asaph became the father of Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat the father of Joram, Joram the father of Uziah. Uziah became the father of Jotham, Jotham the father of Ahaz, Ahaz the father of Hezekiah. Hezekiah became the father of Manasseh, Manasseh the father of Amos, Amos the father of Josiah. Josias became the father of Jechnehiah and his brothers at the time of the Babylonian exile. After the Babylonian exile, Jechnehiah became the father of Shelatel. Shelatel the father of Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel the father of Abiad. Abiad became the father of Elikam. Elikam the father of Azor. Azor the father of Zadok. Zadok became the father of Akim. Akim the father of Eliad. Eliad, the father of Eleazar. Eleazar became the father of Matin. Matin, the father of Jacob. Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary. Of her was born Jesus, who was called the Christ. Thus, the total number of generations from Abraham to David is 14 generations. From David to the Babylonian exile, 14 generations. From the Babylonian exile to the Christ, 14 generations. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, good morning. You know, all those things that you look for at this time of year frames, keychains, even t shirts that have those inspirational scripture. put on them that remind you of the love of God. Matthew 1, the beginning, is not one of those. It doesn't show up on any of those things. These are not the top verses that you find uh, all over the internet. It's, uh, these are the least. But they, as well as the most prevalent ones that you can remember, do tell us the complete and unconditional love of God for us. We just have to look a little harder. Now, I've told you I'm a uh, graphical, visual learner. Um, So, and I suppose you probably all brought your own uh, genealogy charts that you've been trying to create over the years. So, Uh, You know, maybe as a tradition that we start, we can stay after and 
share stories about, you know, how this has evolved. Um, I started this about 10 years ago. Um, as I was, uh, I really loved the Old Testament, especially Genesis, and um, I got this uh, thought in my head that this genealogy of Jesus probably came out of really true love, because there's a lot of love stories. And so I just was convinced, and I really wanted to follow this. So, uh, you know, the, uh, the story of Ruth and Boaz, and um, so anyway, I was convinced of it, and I wanted to try and capture this. Uh, really working up to that story of Jacob, who is at the very top of our genealogy, and uh, his wife, Rachel. And it says several times how he was totally in love with her. And if you might remember the story, uh, he goes and he sees Rachel and he's just, in fact, I just loves her. And he goes to her father and he says, well, if you'll work for me seven years, you can marry her. So he does. And he says in scripture, he says, the seven years went by like nothing. That's just how much he was in love with her. And uh, the father-in-law was... Uh, uh, he had a little trick to play. He snuck the older daughter in, and so he was, Jacob was tricked into marrying the older daughter, and he said, why would you do that? And he said, well, she's the older daughter. She has to be married first, but if you'll work for me another seven years, you can marry her. And so he did, because he truly loved her. And this is where the 12 tribes came out of, and I was like, this is such a fabulous story. And so I get the, all this work done, and it's like, whoops, it's not Rachel. It's, it's the other sister. Most of, the, most of the members of the 12 tribes came out of Leah. I'm like, wow, that's, that's disheartening. <laughs> Here you had true love, and uh, that's not where Judah came out, so, and he's really the point of our story today. Our first reading is about Judah. So on Jacob's deathbed, this is the blessing that uh, he gives Judah. Well, Judah has his own strange love life. So he had three daughters by his first wife who died, um, and he wanted to find a, a good woman for his, for his oldest son. And so he found Tamar. Well that son dies, and uh, as legal tradition would have it, he, uh, Tamar is supposed to marry the, the second son, and he, he dies as well. And, and uh, Judah's worried about his third son, so he says, well, let's just wait a while, so you go live with your dad. Well, anyway, through uh, trickery and odd things, um, it just some, so it, it happens that Tamar um, kind of tricks Judah, and um, they have relations, and um, a son is born, actually twins, that we read about. Uh, Perez and Zerah are born to his daughter-in-law. You know, as I'm going through this, I started this I'm like, well, this is about true love. We get to King David and Bathsheba, and we, she doesn't even make it into the story. We hear about Uriah, who King David had killed because he wanted Bathsheba. That's where Solomon came from. It wasn't 
true love, it, it's, I'm looking at this, I'm like, what a mess. What a complicated mess. Well, and then it starts to hit you. Well, we're a little bit complicated and we're a little bit messy, aren't we? Our lives have complications and mess. And we start to see the similarity in our own lives and in what's happening in that manger. God coming into this messy world. Back in 2015, the year of mercy, uh, Pope Francis had quite a bit of material that came out really talking about the incarnation and what it means to have Jesus enter our world. So he had this quote uh, that I, I just really love. Through the mercy of Jesus, he redeems misery, not by getting close, not just by barely touching it, but by allowing himself to be contaminated by it. Jesus comes into our world, and he's building the bridge. Now, that contamination, that can start to say, oh, well, that, I'm a little uncomfortable with that. Uh, at the consecration of the Eucharist, <clears throat> when I or Father Mike is mixing the water and wine, there's one of those silent prayers that goes on. By the mystery of this wine and water, maybe we share in the divinity of Christ as he chose to humble himself and share in our humanity. That concept of a little bit of water, us, humanity, going into the wine, they can't ever be separated. Once that water enters the wine, can't be separated. Christ is here. He's coming. That crib, that manger, him coming into the world, there's no separating that. Christ is in our messy, complicated life, and there's no getting rid of it. And that's a beautiful thing with us Catholics. We don't look at this as uh, God not being able to see the mess doesn't overshadow it. He's in it with us. So we start the O antiphons. And so the first one is O wisdom. And it's talking about getting us onto a path of knowledge. The path of knowledge of knowing that Christ is in this messy culture that we have. And he's not going anywhere. It's a beautiful thing. He's right there along with us. Let's stand and offer our petitions.